0: So, what difference have the last few days' turmoil in Russia made to the war? Not much, if you listen to the British Ministry of Defence.
1: We shouldn't necessarily overcredit the sort of destabilisation that, that somehow this is uh, a massive uh, derailment of the Kremlin. You know, what we see at the moment is Prigozhin's gone off to Belarus. Uh, the Wagner Group is predominantly spent, done, dissipated, whichever you'd like to interpret it. Um, and the war in Ukraine is still being prosecuted by the Russian general staff.
0: But why is that? Wagner brought 10,000 well-equipped troops onto the streets at the weekend. Can the hard-pressed Russian military really afford to disband those units? They had been out of the front line since last month after taking heavy casualties during the fighting for Bakhmut. Disbanding them now implies that the Russians either put political loyalty ahead of having that reserve or they're comfortable with their current force levels.
2: Russia really needs people, which is why I think it was quite content to um, divide Wagner up into those who it sees as still, I suppose, loyalists um, to the regime and those who it would rather sort of purge. Um, I don't think it's uh, beyond the realm of possibility that Russia might need to recruit. Um, ever more soldiers to kind of make up for some of the the shortfall of those who did join um, with Prigozhin's rebellion but actually I don't think that that's a huge number of people. I mean it's very difficult to tell from Russia really how many. Um, Prigozhin himself said the number was around sort of 25,000 but I think the reality was closer to say 8,000 so whether that's really enough to sort of tip the balance of the war um, you know in in Ukraine's favor I'm, I'm not really sure that it is.
0: And while the chaos played out in Russia, the war in Ukraine carried on. One significant change of the last few days was the Ukrainians establishing a bridgehead on the left or southern bank of the Dnipro, near the wrecked Antonovsky Bridge. There are still many challenges to expanding that toehold, but if the Ukrainians do manage that, it would create options for putting pressure on the western end of Russia's defense. Over in the east, Ukrainians have made some gains in the Donbas, taking Krasnohorivka, for example, a village under Russian control since 2014. But the obstacles facing them are considerable. This footage from yesterday shows a successful Ukrainian minefield breaching operation. The rocket lifts an explosive-filled hose across the minefield. When it falls, it detonates to clear a path which Ukrainian troops then went through, in this case, successfully. But on the main focus, so far at least, of the counteroffensive, progress remains slow. That's the area of the broad front attack southwards into Zaporizhia district. Russian video has come to light of a Ukrainian minefield breaching operation going horribly wrong. It's too graphic to show in its entirety, but in it, Ukrainian troops tread on several mines, and the operation degenerates into one aimed at evacuating the wounded in these Bradley vehicles, rather than making further gains. The armor can be seen firing smoke grenades to cover their withdrawal. If we come out to the wider view of that key southern part of the front, you can see areas where the Ukrainians have taken ground, yesterday, for example, the village of Rivnopil. but come wider, and we can see that more than three weeks into the counter-offensive, the gains are still rather limited. There are still five fresh brigades of Western-trained troops that haven't been committed to the fight, so the Ukrainian military still has many options. They'll have to hope that those recent events in Russia do undermine the morale of the troops facing them and that a breakthrough comes soon.